UPS, powered by SET. Welcome to Radio Primavera Sounds, and we're joined today by the Canadian Enviro disco goddess Jada G, uh, a DJ and producer who wants you all to put the damn phone away on the dance floor. How are you doing, Jada? <laughs> I'm doing well, thanks. Was that a fair enough introduction? I felt it. Uh, uh... That was amazing. I think that's one of the best intros I've ever had. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's good. You know, it it, it kind of gets to two things. I well, three things that I really support: disco, the environment, uh, and putting your phone away on the dance floor. Which are three yes. very good things. Totally. And hey, well, I've been to Canada. It's very nice. So maybe four good things. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I'll take it. So your your new single, Both of Us, um, is, I, I would describe it as a feel-good piano banger. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with you. <laughs> but you said that you wondered whether releasing it right now, um, obviously with, with the, the pandemic going on, was the right thing to do. Could, could you talk, talk us through that? Like, Why were you worried about it? Oh, well, you know, with these things, you kind of plan them out. And for me, as a DJ, a big part of my release plan is that I'm out DJing, playing it, and kind of communicating with my fans. And it's also a dance tune. It's meant for the dance floor. So I kind of was like, oh, I don't know. Is this the right time? Like, is this when I should be releasing a dance floor banger? <laughs> but it's, you know, in the end, I love the song so much. And it, it every time even I listen to it, and I've listened to it many, many times at this point, um, that it, it, it gives me, it lifts me up. It gives me such joy and so after like thinking about it a bit, I was like, you know, maybe maybe that will give the same feeling to everyone else, you know, when we're stuck inside and such. And has that been um, the sort of response you've been getting? Yeah, it's been really wonderful, actually. Like, I, I can't tell you how many DMs I get and such from fans um, where they're saying like that they listen to it on repeat. It it helps them get up in the morning, and it it just lifts them up. Exactly what I was hoping it would do. So, it it really um yeah that's been incredibly heartwarming, and I'm just so happy that that we did make the decision to release it. Do you dance? Are you a big <laughs> Well, what do you mean, professionally or no, just no, no, as no. a happy dancing DJ? <laughs> Generally, you know, when, when you when you when you listen to music, do you do you dance? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think like it depends. Like, you know, if I'm cooking and listening, especially if like a friend is over or something, yeah, I'll dance. I definitely I'll dance. Or if I'm DJing by myself, I'll definitely dance. I can't I can't help it. <laughs> so <laughs> the reason I ask is because obviously we can't go to clubs now. So where do you think is the best place to listen to both of us? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, like for me, my favorite time to listen to music is going on a walk. Because mm -hmm. then you're like, you're moving your body and you're like being stimulated by the outside world. And 
I don't know, it's just like, that's my my favorite place to listen to music. But then also, because it's a dance tune, maybe, you know, listening to your living room is, is also good. I don't know. I, I think depends on the person, but those are my two, two favorite spots, I would say. <laughs> um, I also love listening to music um, when walking and it kind of, it kind of ties into something I wanted to, to ask you about because you're you're from um, rural Canada. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and you lived in Berlin, but you live in London now. Exactly. So do you find the, the environment the environment you're in, do you find it really uh, changes the music you make? Oh, yeah. Um, definitely. I think, it, you know, there's so many factors that come into play when it comes to making music. It's you know, very much um, an emotional thing where you are at in um, your emotional state. Um, it's also culturally, you know, like when living in Berlin versus living in London, like what you're exposed to musically um, is so different because you're in a different culture. But also like these are, you know, London is obviously it's like one of the biggest cities in the world. And so yeah, it definitely has an effect in terms of the kind of music you make versus if you're out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by nature and such. So, yeah. Shall we have a quick listen to uh, both of us? Anything, what should we listen out for in the song? Oh gosh, just just let it take you through, through all the beats and all the motions. <laughs> all right, this is both of us. talking to Jada G on Radio Primavera Sound. Um, I wanted to ask, if I may, I, in the introduction, I, I described you as an enviro disco uh, goddess, um, <laughs> which was a sort of slightly tongue-in-cheek way of, of, of referring to what's actually a very a very serious thing that, that you, um, you worked studying the environment and on your, your debut album, uh, Significant Changes, it contains references to your work studying the environment. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Was it a conscious decision to mix those two worlds? Or was it just um, Well, it's kind of like refers back to the question you were asking before about how, you know, it's about what you're being surrounded um, with at that time when you're making music. And during when I was making my album, I was in the thick of it writing my master's degree. Um, and yeah, I was really just you know, one day I would be having to read lots of scientific papers and usually during the day I'd be reading scientific papers and writing and all those things that have to do with a thesis. Um, and during the nighttime I would be making music. So it kind of like, you know, for example, like what the song Missy Knows What's Up, um, during that time I was writing a chapter in my thesis about this environmental court case that was happening in Canada back in 2010 where a bunch of um, environmental groups came together and sued the Canadian government for not upholding their end of what's called the Species at Risk Act which is a piece of les legislation, oh my gosh, falling over my words there, um, that basically upholds the government to um, help and show the public how they're going to help endangered animals. and. These, this environmental groups, um, they sued them and they won. And that was a big part of why I was doing my uh, thesis. And so here I am doing research on that and I'm 
listening to uh, a radio show with one of the women who were part of the environmental groups and her name was Misty McDuffie and I just had that mp3 of the radio show on my desktop and then like later that night I'm making a track and I just like well oh, let's just see let's plop this in here and see what it does you know so it, it's kind of like again it's what you're surrounding yourself what is informing you what is inspiring you right and do you think um, people, like dancers on dance floor, do you think they, they kind of get um, what the song is about? Do you think the message transmits in that way? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think it depends. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think it depends on the fans too. Um, the fans who, who know what's up, they definitely like when I've played that track on the dance floor, they, they're like when Misty's voice comes in, they're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and then maybe that will inform people to look up more about the environment or about whales or what I'm even talking about, you know, um, and it's because I think when it comes to the environment, like you there is a bit that you have to have your own sense of love and empathy for the natural world in order to care about it, right? Right. So it all kind of ties in together towards the end, I think. <laughs> you, um, you, you were recording your album um, while writing your thesis. What was harder to do? Oh, God. <laughs> um, I, I would actually probably say the thesis. That was really hard. It was, it was, I would definitely not recommend to uh, be writing an album, writing your thesis, and being a full-time touring DJ as well. I, I worked, I was working a lot during that time, and it was intense because you're switching gears in your brain, right? Like, but for me, like going to the music after working on sciences so much was like a nice break. It was kind of like away from my brain to kind of like chill out in a way or just kind of work in a different way, if you will. Did you sort of learn anything um, from that was applicable in both, if you see what I mean, like a, a working method that worked for both while you were doing oh, it? Oh, yeah. Well, like, you know, I, I, I've been going to school and working in biology and ecology um, and then later toxicology for over 10 years. And um, when you work in sciences and academia, you learn to have a really good work ethic <laughs> um, and you learn how to persevere because like a master's thesis in um, sciences is usually three to four years. Um, it's not like an arts degree where you can do it in one to two years. Um, and so it's, you know, it's kind of for the long haul and it's the same with an album, right? Like, it's definitely, you know, hopefully it's not going to take three to four years to write an album, but it's, you know, working on something for a long period of time um, and sticking to it. Definitely, you know, I, I attribute that to my academic studies for sure. Okay, let, let's play another song. Um, which song should we play off the album and why? Oh, gosh. Uh, let's listen to uh, Missy Knows What's Up. Because <laughs> we're talking about it. <laughs> exactly. This Missy Knows What's Up. That was Missy Knows What's Up by Jada G from her debut album, her excellent debut album, Significant uh, Changes. Um, 
Jada, I'm sure this isn't the first time you've been asked this, but how, how do you sort of square the, the, the globe-trotting job of a DJ with uh, the environmental impact? Oh, yeah, it's uh, not easy, that's for sure. Um, we definitely, we have a carbon offset program that we're part of. Um, I think it's called Gold Standard, where it helps you calculate all the miles that you have flown. And then um, you take a, that figures out a percentage or an amount of money that you can give to various um, environmental um, charities like planting uh, I think there's one where it's like planting trees in the rainforest or there's like water quality programs you can give to. There's a various ways of doing it. Um, but then it's also like the kind of choices you make when it comes to actually touring. You know, like every so often you'll get like a random gig out in like, I don't know, like Dubai and where it's not linked to anything and it just would be one random show that's super far and doesn't you know what i mean it doesn't tie into yeah. anything and therefore it doesn't really kind of make sense ecologically to be doing something like that so i, I don't really take one-off gigs like that unless they can tie into something you know where it's like okay like we're doing a big tour in australia and then if i'm going like like somewhere like Australia, I stay for like a full month so that I'm, you know, only doing that one big trip and then doing smaller trips within the country. Um, I, I, I really don't believe in doing one-offs. It's not good for the environment. It's also not good for my health. So, <laughs> how, how have you found, I mean, have you missed touring a great deal uh, during this enforced three-month plant lay layoff? <laughs> Um, yeah, I go up and down. Um, look, like, I think every DJ probably is really happy that they don't have to be at an airport all the time. Um, but I definitely miss interacting with my fans. I think that's the one part I really miss with this new release, because normally when I have a new song, I'm out there and I'm able to engage with the fans on a personal level. Um, whether it's like talking to fans or when you're playing the song and you can see people's reactions and people sing along or whatever, you know, and um, right now I don't get to do that. And so that's that's the only thing that I, I really miss is just the, the crowds and the fans and interacting with them. What, what about who, who's the sort of strangest person you've met backstage at one of your gigs? Oh, God, there's a lot. Do you want a list? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> there's there's some strange people out there <laughs> but um i don't know like it's like sometimes you just get the fan that's just really overly excited and they forget that you're just a person <laughs> and um but you, you normally i'm able to just calm them down a little bit and be like it's all good like <laughs> nothing to be nervous about <laughs> So, um, you, uh, on your, on your debut album, uh, again, something I alluded to, uh, in the introduction there, there, there's a song in which you talk, basically urge people, um, to put away their, their phones on the dance floor. Um, why did you make this song? I mean, it, it's, it's not, it's very tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, um, it, it, you know, it is, suggesting what people should do why why did you why did you do that 
Um, I think it was just out of response at the time when I was touring, because I, I just really, you were starting to see that huge shift of people going to clubs and interacting with the DJ or interacting with each other to switching to people literally just standing in front of you and with their phone. <laughs> And just filming you with like that bright light that comes off the phone, you know? <laughs> and it just was like, I was like, wow, like, you know, are we so far removed from ourselves and so glued to our phones that even when we're going out, which is literally the whole reason you're going out is to be social and meet people and dance. Like those are the main reasons why you're going out and to completely disengage from all those main things to be on your phone filming the experience without actually feeling the experience yourself right um and i think it was just kind of kind of a, a outlet uh for maybe a bit of frustration that was happening at the time <laughs> and do you think that this will ever change or do you think it's just sort of human nature that the people will always get distracted by this phone they have with them. I think, you know what, I think it'll be interesting to see with the new, like, as new generations come in and start clubbing, like the younger kids, because it's like, I, I find like for, like, for example, like with my niece and nephew, they're in their teenage years and, and they're definitely not as glued into their phones as like, my generation is um so it'll be i think it will shift like these things with technology they always shift with time right mm -hmm. um but we're definitely in the era era of social media and instagram and TikTok. so <laughs> this is uh i think it's maybe here to stay for a little bit <laughs> so you you um organized uh the uh jmg talks correct yes Yes, okay, tell us a bit about about them. Um, yeah, well, basically, it was something that I've been wanting to do for a while, which was like, look, I, you know, working in academia, you meet so many young, cool people who are working their buns off on their research project, and their projects are really cool and really interesting. And I've learned so much from my friends and my community, my community. And I kind of just want to see if I could build a platform to share all that, um, to interview young scientists. And with that, hoping to build like what I was speaking before, that kind of inherent empathy that we all need to the, to the natural world. Like the natural world is our home. It's, it's part of our family. We need to love the natural world as if it is one of our own um, and so how do you build that by learning and understanding and hopefully th with that you kind of open your heart to it it sounds cheesy but I really do believe in it so that was kind of the basis for GMG Talks. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say cheesy I'd say it's more sincere. Which is... Oh good. <laughs> but uh, do you think there is but why do you think there's a big gap between the public and, and academic worlds? Do you think sort of the world of academia failure to communicate? So fails to communicate? Oh, yeah. I think people, people are a bit lazy in, in their approach to it. I mean, no, I think there's a couple things going on. I think one is, you know, with in terms of news, scientific news, 
there's definitely um, a certain type of kind of information that kind of gets into the broader public news. Um, so if, unless it's glossy and exciting, you know, then it doesn't really get out there. Um, but then also, it's just the, the way that academia works. It's, it's a system that is like many other systems in our world that's just a dinosaur and doesn't really interact with our current world at all. And so, like, for example, like, you know, you could be a student working on a paper and you're working on that paper for three, four years and then there's another two, three years until it gets published. And then that information that you collected back now, you know, maybe six or eight years ago is now out into the public. And even what then, those scientific papers aren't easily accessible. Um, you know, like open source journals are becoming more of a thing, which is where you find a lot of scientific information. Um, but it's definitely the meat of the information is kind of behind closed doors where of subscriptions or you have to be part of a university. So it's hard. It's hard to get information, I believe, with the, in, when it comes to academia and, and the scientific world. Um, I wanted to ask another thing about that. Sorry, it's nothing, got nothing to do with music. I just find it quite... Um, no, it's great. I'm into it. <laughs> Are you... Have you found that in the past few years um considering i mean i'll talk from a british perspective there, there was a very famous uh, quote in the run-up to the brexit vote that uh, somebody said you know we're all we're all sick of experts um and i think in, in a lot of governments around the world we, we, there's been you know negative uh reactions to, to science to science and to scientists which i find is absolutely ridiculous but but there we are i mean have, have you have you found this as well that like the scientists have become um more are starting to be seen in a kind of negative way have you felt any of that sort of negative feeling um i don't think like I think the scientific world is a bit of a bubble. So within our bubble, we're like, what's going on? Why? Like, huh? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but I think it's also because scientists aren't really shown as just regular people. You know, like the like when you think of a scientist, like who are the people you first think of? You think of David Attenborough or something, you know, like you don't there's hard. It's hard to kind of really pinpoint someone who talks about the environment in a way where you feel like it's personal um and so that's kind of like it's one of the taglines of jmg talks where we want to humanize the scientist so that it people can relate to them um and therefore maybe relate to the work that they're doing okay we're going to play another song um What's one song would you play if you had to explain someone who didn't know your music? What's the one track that you're like, okay, this is me? Oh gosh, that I've made or? Yes, yeah, one, one of yours, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's also just a favorite uh, track of mine. It's called Rishikesh. It's one of my first tracks that I made. It's on my first EP um, that I released, uh, gosh, back in maybe 2016, I think it was. So mm -hmm. we can play that. Wish you cash, let's play it.
That was Rishikesh. And we're talking to Jada G. Um, Jada, I, I wanted to ask, so we've been talking a bit about your uh, role, uh, your scientific background, and also um, working as a DJ. Do you think of it as your job as a DJ to, to educate people as well? Oh, um, that's a good question. I think, yes. I, I think it is in, in a certain way. Um, I believe it's my job as someone who has a platform to uphold the values and issues that I find important in this world and speak to them. I think it's kind of your civic duty in a lot of ways. And when you, on a sort of more macro level, when you're actually DJing, do you, are you there to educate people or to just for people to have a good time? In terms of like music you might play? No, um, I think when it comes to music, look, like, the reality is people are coming to see you because they want to get a, they, it's a part of escapism, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think when it comes to the actual DJing, I'm also there to escape as well. <laughs> like, it's just as much for me as it is for them. So I think when it comes to actual songs and such, like, you know, if there is a song that does have a message, like, sure, I'm going to play it, but it's not going to be, you know, the focal point of the whole set. Um, I think it's more important to give people a reprieve from what's happening in their day-to-day -day lives so that you're creating an experience for them that they can come back to in their mind over and over again, even after the experience is gone, because it helps them maybe get through the day. Who knows, right? But right. when it comes to like your social platform and social media and things like that, I think it's important to talk about things for sure. I mean, I, I've seen you DJ once, which was Primavera Sound 2019, which feels about 20 years ago now, but it was only <laughs> last year. And it really looked like you were enjoying it. I mean, you, you, do you really enjoy DJing still after all these years? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think it, it's, it even surprises me, actually. <laughs> like, there's something that happens, like, when, you know, you play, play the first few tracks, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is fun. It's just really fun. <laughs> you said once that your, your parents' record collections were a big influence on you. Um, what, what do they think of your music, the music that you make? Oh, they, uh, my mom loves it. She's so, she's like, obviously the biggest Jada G fan out there. <laughs> she, no, but the latest track, both of us, she really loves. Um, she really, like, you know, with that track, um, I made it with Fred again, and I really wanted to try and hit that kind of, that joyful feeling that you can have with a house song and to hear that like my mom totally got it she's like it's just such a joyful song and i i love it like and for her to get it means like i was like okay i did my job you know <laughs> she definitely doesn't one. love all the songs but that one she does <laughs> is she the kind of parent that would that would say that would give constructive criticism or, or would she just sort of say no that, that that's great whatever happened <laughs> um, I think it depends if I was asking for constructive criticism or not. <laughs> but uh, if I asked for it, definitely she would maybe give her opinion for sure. Uh, 
We're, we're all a pretty opinionated family in general, so. <laughs> Has she come to your gigs? Oh yeah, oh definitely. Like I said, she's not number one J to G fan. So um, I took my mom on tour back, I think in, oh gosh, uh, I think it was 2018. And yeah, she came, she came with me to France. She came with me to, to Amsterdam. Um, she, I was playing at the school there. And the one in France was like, a, like some huge festival. And then, um, and then my last gig while she was there, uh, I was playing at Berghain and uh, at Panorama Bar, and she totally came. She she rocked it at Panorama Bar. <laughs> um, I, I've have never been to Panorama Bar, um, and but the the tales you hear from it are, are fairly fairly legendary. Um, <laughs> what did your mum make of all the of all the madness? Ah, yeah, my mom. My mom, she's, you know, she's quite a bit older and she's a hippie, so she's, I, I definitely came from a bit of a hippie background, so it wasn't anything she hasn't seen before. <laughs> she was like, oh yeah, woohoo! <laughs> yeah, she sounds incredible. Oh yeah, she's awesome. I love my mom. <laughs> so, uh, what, what's next for you? Is there a new album on the way? Oh gosh, I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> I hope so, I hope so. No, I, I've been definitely, like, that has been actually a really nice thing with the lockdown and stuff that I'm really able to, because like I moved to London in, in August and of course was just touring constantly, so it's been nice to actually be home and in my studio and able to kind of like make all the things that I was thinking of in my head. Um, but time will tell whether it's a new EP or, or an album or something. We'll see. <laughs> so you've been managing to make lots of music during the lockdown? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really using, like, look, like I grew up, as you said, like I, I grew up in a really, I grew up in such a small town of maybe 4,000 people. And so when you grow up literally in the middle of nowhere, um, and, it, and it's also like it takes, it's a, at least, like two out two and a half hours to like the nearest mall or something you know like it's really out there um you really learn from living in a small place like that to kind of you know make your own fun and kind of um entertain yourself in a way and so it was really like kind of going back to like when i was a kid kid um during this lockdown time where I'm just like okay like what are my hobbies what are the things that I like to do and spend my time with and and of course it's with music so yeah I've definitely definitely been in here uh, writing songs a lot. Well it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today uh, thank you so much for for taking the time to do this. Um, Aww, thank you for having me. Uh, anytime um, I, I want to play out with my favorite song of yours um, which is Move to the Front Disco Mix, which... Yeah! Uh, <laughs> I said I love disco. That's the... the uh, it's an absolutely brilliant disco house song. Uh, we'll play it with that. Thank you so much for taking the time, and hopefully we'll all be uh, gigging and dancing again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.